Hello and welcome to the iChiefs podcast series brought to you by the International Association of Fire Chiefs. This is where new ideas are born, leadership skills are discussed, and engaging topics are brought to the table. I'm Tom Jenkins, Fire Chief of the City of Rogers, Arkansas, and a past IAFC president. And I'm Joe Powers, the managing director of IAFC's consulting firm, Emergency Services Consulting International. We're glad you're here. This podcast is designed for you and for the fire and emergency services community. Before we dig into this week's important topic, make sure to check out our library of episodes at iefc.org slash podcasts and listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you think the content is great, good morning, good go evening, ahead and, and share welcome it with to the iChiefs podcast. Since we've started including video in the series, I realize that many of your viewers are now seeing seasonal changes. You know, I'm wearing long sleeves, a little bit of a Christmas, which side is it? Christmas tree in the background. Um, so I hope everybody's having a great holiday season and looking forward to uh, for, and looking forward to a new year. Um, unfortunately, Chief Rogers was unable to make it today, so I'll be winging it um, without our fearless leader. But uh, um, I think he'll be proud. Today, I'm excited to introduce a longtime colleague and a and a friend to the show, uh, Fire Chief Alec Otten from the Aurora Fire Rescue in Colorado. Chief Otten grew up in the Virginia Fire Service after serving his time in the U.S. Navy. He retired as fire chief in the Henrico County Division of Fire before moving his family and career to Colorado. Welcome to the show, Alec. Thank you, Joe. So, so many of our listeners uh, have worked through the ranks in their organizations and they're looking for a change in maybe scenery, um, government structure, culture, you know, kind of you name it. Um, what was it that led to your decision to leave, you know, Virginia and move halfway across the country. And was it, was it in and out murder? Was that really why you did it? <laughs> that was part of it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think um, a series of bad decisions in my life, you know, is what led me to this. No, I uh, uh, honestly, the timing, um, you know, you've heard the word serendipity, right? It was just mm -hmm. a, a matter of alignment of a lot of things coming together. I worked in Virginia's fire service uh, as a career since 1996. And prior to that, volunteered for about three years. I started in 1993 with uh, the Manassas Park Fire Department. And even prior to that, a year with the Virginia Tech Rescue Squad, which is where I got my EMT. And it was a lifetime. I mean, almost 30 years in Virginia's fire service. And I lived there since 1979 and moved from Pennsylvania when I was uh, six years old. And so it was a huge change, as you've pointed out. But, you know, I, I believe that uh, there's an alignment of things sometimes that just come together. You know, you've heard it negatively referred to as the Swiss cheese theory, right? Where the, you know, all of the holes line up and, and, you know, usually to describe risk and you kind of shoot right through there and bad things happen. In this case, I think the alignment of the, the Swiss cheese really led me here. And, um, you know, I've always had a little bit of a draw West really since 2007 when me and six other fathers who all had kids with the same type of cancer decided to crazy, right? Ride, across the country from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. to raise money for Dr. Eugene Chung, who was a researcher at Memorial Sloan Kettering, who was doing a lot of really innovative things around the cancer that all our, our kids had. 
And obviously you can't cross the country without crossing the continental divide. And so we rode over Berthet Pass in Colorado, uh, overnighted in Denver with Denver Fire Department and, and visited Children's Hospital of Denver at the time, which ironically is now located in the city of Aurora. And, um, and I think that really sparked my interest in the West. And particularly, I followed that up with uh, with an accreditation site visit to South Metro Fire Rescue. Um, I believe it was 2021 and fell in love with the fire service culture. That was reinforced by my experience at, at the National Fire Academy and EFO with four colleagues who were from Colorado's fire service. And what I saw in their culture, what I saw in their personalities, what I saw from the standpoint of inclusion and passion and leadership competencies really just fanned the flame there. And when this opportunity came up, I just couldn't pass it up. That's really interesting. So you, you gained some perspective through um, some challenges in your own personal life and through the National Fire Academy and through the accreditation model of doing um, site visits, which gave you an opportunity to, you know, to travel a little bit and be exposed to, to other things. Um, what, uh, when, when you decided to take that, that transition and, and leave Virginia and come to, you know, a somewhat familiar place that, you know, you've, you've passed through and you've, you've done some work in, what did you, what was the, what was the, 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 the unexpected, you know, you had some perspective, um, you, you saw, you, you saw what could be, you know, possible in, in the fire service throughout the United States. But what was the, the thing that was most unexpected as a, as a new fire chief coming from, you know, another state that, you know, most of your staff and fire department may have never even visited? Um, what was what was unexpected about that transition? So I knew that the city of Aurora had some had some challenges. And I think probably the thing that was most striking for me was the culture that I found in this fire department. And so when you think about departments that experience a lot of challenges, you know, external influences or uh, bad media coverage or, um, you know, crazy trauma within the department, I think I would have expected a down culture, a culture that was unstable ground, planting your feet in sand, and what I found here, which was most surprising, that despite the external challenges that this department has faced, I found a rock solid culture, a culture of service, a culture of commitment to the community and to each other, uh, a department where the members embrace all aspects of the job that we're, that we're privileged to do in a community. I mean, you think about what our role is in a community. I mean, we're community helpers. We get to spend an entire career in service of others, which I can't overstate the value and the, and the gratitude that I have for that opportunity. And so coming here and finding that despite some of those external influences and the things that you know have happened throughout the years here, you can think of the Century 21 you know, theater shooting, 
um, an incredible amount of trauma that the department and, the, and its members experienced during that event um, and, and a series of other things that have happened over the years and um, media relationships and hypercritical analysis of, of department operations, you would expect to find people who were bitter. You would expect to find people who were disengaged. Um, and what I have found is one of the best cultures in a fire department that I've seen. And you mentioned my ability to travel across the country and through CPSE and work with CPSE as a board director or as a peer assessor. Um, the, the ride landed us, you know, the cross country ride and fundraiser landed us to several fire departments across the nation and then conferences and things like that. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to peek behind the curtain in a lot of different departments. And so when I tell you that I've found one of the most remarkable, impressive cultures within this department that I'm, I'm not, this isn't the first department I've seen. And so I think it's, it's critically important to, to mention that. Um, and that was the thing. And I, and I frequently tell the members of this organization that very thing because it just um, warms my heart. I think that nothing is impossible when you start with a solid foundation of a sound culture and a culture of service, service. culture of inclusion, a culture of commitment to a community. Like there's nothing that we can't do. Yeah, it's really interesting. And when we talk about culture in the fire service, that's a, that's a huge player to, uh, to building that foundation. Um, I think the other big culture that, that builds a foundation for a good fire chief is the, is the culture at home. Um, so moving a uh, moving your family yeah. from Virginia, <laughs> leaving a leaving a son behind in, in college, and, and moving your daughter and and uh, and, and wife to uh, to Colorado, um, how was that culture change? How was the uh, um, how did that work? And what uh, um, maybe what would you have done differently, or what did you feel like you were that was a success in in that process? Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. Because I think you know we we talk about this a lot in in leadership circles here within my executive staff. We talk about the balance, right, and the the importance of a healthy you, right, bringing your whole self to work, and that means that that you're uh, you know I describe the the life and the life in the fire service in particular as a bucket, right. You've got these drains at the bottom that that allow you to maintain sort of a level um, equilibrium, if you will. And so as life just naturally sort of fills that bucket at the top, um, the fire service and the things that we see and the things that we have to engage also fill that bucket. And at the bottom, you've got these drains, right? You've got financial stability, you've got healthy relationships, you've got diet and sleep and exercise. And, and um, those things are the things that keep you balanced. And we start shutting off those, those stopcocks and you, you close the drains then you start to kind of fill up and run over. And, and so it really impacts your resiliency. And what you mentioned about that family dynamic, I think is critically important. And it's something that quite honestly, I stressed a lot about my daughter's 14 and she was getting ready to head into high school. And so while some might argue that's a perfect time to make a transition like that, um, it's also a really fragile time for her. You know, she's uh, grown up with a bunch of uh, friends. She's established a really healthy friend network and some what what could be lifelong relationships if they're nurtured. And now I uproot her from from that setting and and move her 1,600 miles west to a, to a state she's never been 
you know, um, going to a brand new school with, with uh, brand new kids that, that she's never met. And honestly hope and pray for stability and, and success in that move by, by no doing of my own, uh, the transition has been phenomenal. She has exceeded my expectations and quite honestly has been the strongest person, the, the best one who's moved through this transition. Well, I think naturally, you know, I have questions that I ask about, okay, is this the right move? Did I, did I do this well? Um, my wife obviously has questions, you know, she sort of unplugged from a full-time career in nursing and shifted out here and, and is jumping through the series of hoops that's necessary to reestablish state licensure and all those different things in a new place. And all of my family was born and raised in Virginia. And so it was very disruptive. One of the things that I think was, uh, but to answer your question, Joe, it's been so much more successful than I ever could have hoped. And I find myself, I don't know if you're a Brene Brown fan, but but I enjoy uh, her writing. And, and one of the things she discusses, which I think is a particularly uh, important in our industry is the, is the inability to lean into the joy. And because constantly in our service, we're reacting to really bad situations. And I think we're always waiting for, all right, what's going to happen now, right? And waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I found myself having that conversation in my own head, which I know is dangerous, but uh but about like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and I'm, I'm struggling to lean into the joy because it's gone so smoothly with them. And, uh, but I'm really optimistic. My son, as you mentioned, is back in North Carolina, finishing his final year of college. He's interested in coming out here and he's visited a couple of times and loves it. I mean, you know, the Denver Metro area is, there's no athletic team that doesn't play sports here. And so he's a big sports nut and, and super excited about that transition, which is, uh, which is different than back home. One of the things that I think accidentally happened well was I started here three months before my family came. And because of that, I was living a little bit of a bachelor's life. You know, there wasn't anything to go home to. And so the only family that I had in Colorado was my fire service family. And that meant that I had a lot of time to really connect personally and professionally with the department. And I told them frequently, like, you're the only family I have in Colorado. I believe the fire service is a family. You and I have had those conversations before. And it gave me an opportunity to meet so many members of the department and have conversations around the kitchen table and ask them questions, which, which were the questions that have really guided our plan moving forward. Like what's going right? What's going wrong? What do I need to be paying close attention to? What do I need to keep my hands off of? And that last question I think is really important because I'm, you know, I have the privilege to, to serve a department that's been around since 1902. And there's a ton of history and tradition here and, and things that the organization takes an incredible amount of pride in that I did not want to upset when I got here. And so that three-month window of really connecting and relationship building 
with that transition out here, I think was critically important. And while I didn't intend that to happen, I would have brought my family because that's a horrible time. I mean, I don't, this is the longest I've ever been separated from my family. It was challenging to, to stay connected with them and stay part of their life and their activities, particularly with the time difference. And uh, so that was tough, but now I see the value in the ability to come out and really build those relationships early on with, with an intensity and an intentionality that I think has, um, has strengthened my ability to connect with the department and my ability to get things done with them. So let's go back a little bit and talk about um, the family and the network that you used in order to make that successful. Cause I know that I've heard you talk about um, the network that you had as a, as a Metro fire chief and, and um, you know, working with other spouses and, and having those relationships, you know, early on and before, you know, making that transition, did that take a, did, did that play a part in, you know, a successful move from, you know, move your, your family moving from Virginia to, to Colorado. Yeah. 100% because it, it, it meant that I wasn't, and so it was a combination of things. It was the relationships that had been built through the Metro fire chiefs association. It was relationships that were built through the national fire Academy and the executive fire officer program that made it feel more like home almost, almost instantaneously. And so you know, the Metropolitan Fire Chiefs uh, is a is a fantastic organization. It's an organization that includes the fire chiefs and and our partners. And and I think because I think they the organization recognizes the value of that piece, that key relationships and, and strong relationships will offer some some resilience and a network of people who you can confide in, you know, in the fire chief's position. The, the high, well, you could say the higher you go in the organization, you know, if you look at the organizational chart over my shoulder, you you know, it, it looks like a triangle, right? But I really believe that's inverted. And, and so, you know, you promote to the fire chief's position and now you're at this point at the bottom, really balancing and serving an entire organization, but it can be a lonely place um, when it comes to bouncing ideas off or, or being vulnerable or um, in conversations and in questions and, if you lack confidence in the direction or a decision, it, it can be a little bit of a challenge. And so that network is really, really powerful. And um, so I knew Desmond Fulton and Bob Baker and Don Lombardi and Randy Royal, um, all from from the Metro Chiefs organization. And so, you know, Denver, West Metro, South Metro and Colorado Springs are the, and Aurora are the five metro departments in, in Colorado. And so I asked a lot of questions about the area, about the department, their perspective and in, in their relationships and and observing, you know, what was going on in the region. And that was really helpful to get me on stable ground quickly. Um, Bob Baker in particular is a fantastic human. He's the fire chief of, of South Metro Fire Rescue and uh, him and his wife, Denise, um, almost immediately wrapped their arms around us when we came to visit and start to search for housing and things like that and and made us feel at home and made us feel welcome. I think that's a big part of it too. You know, you need to feel like you're coming into a community that is interested in your service and is is welcoming uh, you as a partner in emergency services. And so 
uh, that was huge. Uh, it was a huge benefit for um, for our entire family and was really helpful in in making the move a success. So on your whiteboard behind you was an organizational chart. We I thought that that was a uh, recipe for biscuits for Thanksgiving. sweet potato casserole, you know, coming out of Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's <laughs> really, really important order of operations. So. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right. So for the fire chiefs or even the the uh, the chief officers that are in organizations that are sitting on their couch at night, um, you know, looking at the uh, uh, looking at, at potential opportunities, you know, throughout the country um, and considering making this move. Uh, mm. what, what advice do you have that, you know, that could help them be successful? What advice do, they, do you have in in preparing to um, to take that plunge to apply for a job in a, in a state that they've never lived? Um, what, what's that advice look like? So there's a couple of things. I think I think you've got to have a desire to live where you're going. And, and so it made the transition here more of an adventure than a work move, if that makes any sense, Joe. The you know, I think this is a this is a beautiful area. This is a beautiful state. And I know you and your family you know, frequent ski resorts out here. I'm a mile and a half or an hour and a half. I'm sorry from from Breckenridge and you know world class skiing and and uh, recreation. So I think that really plays into it. It has to be an area that you're interested in in living because it makes it feel a little bit more like an adventure. I think that's imp- for the entire family, and I think that's that's really important. I think you need to do your homework. You know, as you look, you you need to see. Uh, you know, read headlines about the organization and prepare yourself to um, engage in in the, the community relations components that are necessary and required. You need to connect if you've got people who know people in the department and can share some some inside information about it. And none of that is to find an easy job. It's just to it's like a size up. You know, it, you, you go into a house fire, you're doing a 360 of of uh, the organization. And before you deploy your hose lines, you need to know how big they need to be, how big the fire is and, you know, what the building construction is like if you're on a solid foundation. And then you need, you need to understand the operational culture, the political culture, the legal challenges that, that might be facing the organization and the, the fiscal picture, right, the finances of, of the organization. Um, if to the extent that you're able to assess the organizational culture, I think that's really important too. you know, the people. But all of that is is not to decide whether or not you're going in the fire. It's just to go in there prepared for what you're going to encounter. And I think the other piece is seeing how that aligns with what you perceive um, in your own self-assessment as your strengths and your weaknesses. The The piece that I would emphasize for somebody who's moving to a new position like this is authenticity. And, you know, we went through a pretty rigorous interview process to, to the candidates for this job. And I was not stressed out about it. And the reason that I was not stressed out about it is because I know who I am and I knew that I would enter those interviews being authentic and vulnerable, um, like 
I, I'm me. I, I think I've got strengths in some areas and weaknesses in others, and I'm happy to share that with an organization who's considering me for the fire chief's job, because what I don't want to be is somebody else. And so what I found here when I came out for the interview process, and I told my wife this, I found a department that really needed somebody to care about them, needed uh, humanity to come back in organizational decisions and training and discipline. Um, they just, they needed a fire chief who cared. And so I believed in my heart that that was a, a strength uh, that I could bring and that I wouldn't have to act in that capacity, that it would just kind of flow naturally from the conversations. It would was part of my, my DNA. And so in my heart, I felt like I would be a good fit here, that I would be able to accomplish a lot of the things that the organization needed. And, you know, with collaboration with the workforce, with collaboration with the local uh, collaboration with the leadership team that exists here, bring that group together and, and move the organization forward. Um, and so I, I think authenticity is, is critically important. And I think humble assessments of your own capabilities is a really critical component of that too. If you're not honest with yourself, you, you can't be honest with anybody else. And, and I think that critical self-assessment and, uh, you know, in a plan to kind of fill in where you feel like you're, you need, you need to shore some things up is really important going into that. And I think that interviewers, and I can speak for me, having done you know, quite a few interviews that I'm looking for authenticity and I'm looking for somebody who, who humbly accepts that they're imperfect and that they have room for growth, but also recognizes areas where they can be a contributor to an organization or to a team or to a relationship. And, um, and so I think, I think that's a really important key role going into those interviews, honest and authentic and somewhat vulnerable. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, any final thoughts before we, uh, before we close out? No, Joe, I think, I think that this is, uh, I think there's a, it can be really exciting. It can be a really exciting adventure. Leadership in any department um, is not easy and you should be prepared to, to roll up your sleeves and really get to work. But I think it's critically important when you go into a new fire service family that, uh, you know, the old adage that you, you have two ears in one mouth and you spend a lot of time connecting and starting to understand the leadership culture, the operational culture, the the humans that are behind the work. Right. This this is a, a human centered industry. Right. We we without people to do the work, healthy, resilient uh, people who who you care for to, to go out and do that work, we won't be successful. We can't be successful. So I think going in and really listening to the organization's needs, you have brilliant people that work in the fire service and spending the time putting aside your bias, putting aside your, you know, snap judgment, your rapid 360, you know, that says this is the way we're going to approach this and being collaborative and listening and 
valuing other people's opinions, respecting them as professionals in the industry and incorporating their ideas and their hopes and dreams into your plan for the organization, I think is essential for success. Um, and so, I, you know, I'd encourage anybody who's really interested in, in caring for a workforce and caring for a community that it's not impossible and that, um, that, you know, you can do it, go in with your eyes wide open and, and um, do your due diligence and then be prepared to roll up your sleeves and get to work. Great advice. Chief, thank you for uh, for joining us on our podcast. Joe, thank you so much for having me and I and, uh, appreciate what you're doing for uh, for the fire service. Um, I hope that some tidbit of this was helpful for somebody out there and, and um, who's looking to embark on a new adventure. And um, I appreciate your time. And we made it through a podcast without Tom Jenkins. We, we survived. We survived. We absolutely survived. Today, we were talking to Chief Alec Otten from Aurora Fire Rescue in Colorado. Uh, we talked a lot about um, understanding and gaining some perspective before considering to take the plunge and, and moving a, a career and a family across the United States. Um, understanding that making sure that the culture in the, uh, in the fire service or in the, in the fire department is good, but also making sure your culture at home and having those good relationships to help um, help your your partner and your and your children make that move. Um, it was uh, was some good information that we talked about today. Uh, I think you know, a really good tie back into the fire service was doing that good size up, right? Uh, you know, Chief Otten talked about he talked about you know doing a size up of the organization and understanding that what you're walking into and making sure that you know you want to clearly you clearly want to live where you work. Um, but I think first and foremost, you've got to be authentic in the process. You need to, you need to understand that it is you that is going to be the fire chief and it is you that's going to take that position. Um, and through that interview process, through the, the uh, building relationships in your new community, you know, be yourself because that, that is who you are. To our listeners out there, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Uh, leave a rating. Let us know how well we did and tell us that you enjoyed the content. Um, if you can, recommend us to uh, to a friend. Let other people know about the uh, Chiefs podcast. And thank you for joining us today. I hope you learned something new and be safe and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.